0: The following program contains mature subject matter not suitable for young viewers and graphic images that may be disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. It is Friday, Friday, Friday. So you know what that means. It's another episode of We Wild Woman and the Fat Man Farmer. Unfortunately, Wee Wild Woman is not with us today. She is at home on lamb patrol. We have 20-ish lambs already on the ground this week alone. And that's so uh, Monday or Tuesday. Um, and so she's out doing lamb checks, and if uh, any of the ewes needs assistance, she will pull the lambs or get mommies and lambs into the barn and make sure that... The lambs are nursing and have bonded with mommy in the nursery, so she won't be joining us today, which means that we'll have less than ideal numbers on the listening stats. We found out that the majority of the shows we put out, people want to listen to her. Go figure. So you got me. We'll see what happens. Um, What I wanted to do, until she wasn't staying home, was what we need to have, or what we have... For new lambs, new chicks, new goat kids. Not when you bring them to your farm but when they're born on your farm. Oh and pigs, new piglets, bacon seeds. And what we have in place, what do we have in our kits, what do we have for setups for new moms, you know all of that. But I wanted her here because she does a lot of the hypothermia protocol she and senior farm boss know what's in the mommy kit, which, I, from my knowledge, it's a five-gallon bucket with a lid. You have towels, you have some trimming shears. Um, there's some selenium paste, and I don't know what else is out there because sometimes you got to sit and you know watch mommy for a bit before they uh, start having trouble that you need to intervene. So having a bucket with a lid on it is nice to sit on out there oh and gloves and i think there's some um, lube because sometimes you need to reach up and help mommy or pull lambs or turn lambs and they all are the expert on this so either we'll have to wait for one of them to come on to talk about this or have them explain it all to me which then you are get it secondhand So what I wanted to talk about today was two is one, one is none, which is something that we say around the farm, and what that means is having redundancy on your homestead or farm or even if you're not homesteading, your apartment or whatever. And the whole two is one, one is none is because if you ever have a part or a critical piece of your infrastructure, break down, fail... What is your backup plan? What do you have in reserve? Um, so, give you some stories and why we have things set up the way we do, what we've learned, and maybe give you guys some things to think about. So, let's start off with what happened recently. So, in the last, after our last big rainstorm, which I want to say is about two weeks ago, our spring fed cistern had a leak. Or not a leak, but one of our pipes busted that feeds it. So we were running for a week with no water filling our cistern. And as the cistern got depleted, our pump started to overheat and ended up shorting out. Which we didn't know until we had no water right when Senior Farm Boss was getting ready to get in the shower for work. Now it had worked five minutes earlier when I was getting water for coffee and flushing the toilet and when she got in there there was nothing so in between those two times the pump burnt up, which was only like 10-15 minutes apart. Luckily we have bottled water all over the house and we're not talking like purchased bottled water but it's jugs and five gallon buckets and water containers that we have stored up oh probably 50 gallons in various places in the house um pantries and things just in case you need water. Whether that's washing hands, whether that's flushing toilets, and in this case, it ended up being washing the soap out of her hair. And she ended up going to work with a very rough shower and, you know, it wasn't ideal. So, my next day and a half was spent investigating why we had no water and fixing that. So, after our last incident with the cistern and water issues where we had pump issues Um, and then we had problems finding replacement pumps Uh, we've decided to start keeping a backup pump on hand so that we are not running into this issue again. When we had a pump failure the last time we ended up going through multiple stores, spent an entire day trying to find a right size pump and Ended up being a undersized one, but at least it got us water for a short period. We ended up finding the appropriate size pump, which I still think it's a little undersized. Um, that we ordered for one half the price, but we had to have it shipped. So by doing that, we now have an extra one. Whenever our pump has when our pump has failed, we ended up buying a second one and keeping a second one on hand for just such an emergency. And like this time, when the pump failed, we went to our stores, our storage area, grabbed the spare pump, installed it, and within an hour of taking the old pump out, putting the new pump in, we had water filling back to the house. Um, And once I got back to the house, I ordered a backup to keep in reserve. So we have one identical pump backup, And then when we had the emergency one where we had to buy a smaller pump than was ideal, we have that one as, you know, a third reserve. So we have a backup pump and then a backup to the backup. So, you know, in this case, three is two, two is one, one is none. And that saying being that if you only have one primary device, primary piece of equipment, primary whatever, and for some reason that one fails you need to have a backup so that is the two is one if one fails you have a backup and if you only have one and one fails one is none so we'd like to keep at least two if not more backups for some of our more critical systems and water being a critical system um so you know we also have eight freezers and refrigerators well not refrigerators and refrigerators we have eight freezers that we're currently got various items in Meat from our farm, meat that we've purchased. um, Let's see, vegetables and all kinds of things that we've had. And a lot of people said, "Well, why don't you just go to a big walk-in freezer?" Which we have one. We've never put it up, and we're missing like one critical component of it. But then it got to me thinking of the whole two is one, one is none. If that big freezer, for some reason, were to fail. And that's not something I have the experience to necessarily work on, nor do we have parts just laying around. It's not like you can go to Menards and pick up another walk in freezer. Whereas if we had a chest freezer, multiple chest freezers, we could either move things from one freezer to another, um, we could can some of that stuff if we needed to, or we could just go buy another freezer within a relatively short distance can't do that with a walk-in and if your walk-in fails that's a lot of stuff to be able to either move or that would go bad so i am going to lean towards the i like the eight because of the redundancy if one was ever to fail we can move things it's only a certain amount of loss um and even with that we have lots of redundancies within the freezers that not all one freezer has one particular You know, items. So there is chicken spread across all of the freezers. There is beef spread across all of the freezers. So that if one freezer were to go down, we're not going to lose all of our chicken. We're not going to lose all of our beef. We're not going to lose all of our, you know, and in ideal cases, we won't lose anything. But luckily, we are pretty good on power where we're at, and we don't lose power very often. And all of our freezers, for the most part, are chest freezers which can maintain frozen temperatures for 24 to 48 hours without power as long as you're not going in them regularly. And it also depends on the outside temperature. But, you know, that's a pretty good time. The most we've ever been out of power, I want to say, is like six hours um, during a storm. And I think it was a local line on our street that went down. And because we have very few feeds on, like, people... Off of that same line, it wasn't as much of a priority as some of the power outages that had you know entire areas of the city or you know towns that were out of power. Having two or three houses is way low on the priority list. Which brings us to having a backup for power. We have a big 2,500 kilowatt diesel generator. Then we have a 1,200 kilowatt. Generator gas powered and it's a dual fuel, so gas and pro, uh, propane. We have two smaller generators, I don't remember what the power size is on those, um, and then we have inverters. So, if you don't know what an inverter is, it is a device that can connect to your car terminals, your car batteries, and switch it from DC to AC so we have two of those since we have two vehicles and you know if we're not going to fire up the the big generators or we don't need the whole house if we're just worried about a freezer or the freezers are our main concern um, that we can go drive up as close as we can get an extension cord hook up the inverter we're on the freezer for 30 minutes to an hour, whatever it needs to be to bring it back down to temperature, and that freezer is good for 24 to 48 hours, depending on how full it is. And most of our freezers are pretty full. If they are not full with food products, we do like to fill them with ice from the ice machine or bottles of water just because that extra uh, mass, the thermal mass, will keep all your other items colder longer. So. A full freezer will stay cold longer than a half empty or less freezer. So, that came back from my uh, temperature mapping days in the pharmaceutical industry when we would have freezers or refrigerators or temperature controlled areas um, go out of the specified range it would be because usually they were half empty and where those sensors were placed happened to be in the empty areas. So, you know, the more mass you have, the longer it is able to keep the temperature up. Just something to think about. If you um, have your freezers half full or whatever, go ahead and put some ice in there. You have an ice machine, put some bottles of water. It's not like you have to empty them and refill them when you need to make more room. Take those out, let them thaw, and then put your new stuff in. And as you make more room, put your bottles back in. Do not fill your bottles all the way up. Lesson learned. Water expands. As it expands, your bottles will rupture or deform or bust your caps off. And then you have water in your freezer and everything is stuck together. Lesson learned. I've done that in the past. So, you know, those kinds of things you should think about... And, you know, even if you are in apartment living, some of these things are redundancy that you can have uh, set in place. Uh, We have a secondary home that we could go to if, for some reason, our primary home was unlivable, whether that be fire, tornado, whatever, we can still go and have a place to live without having to rent or uh, get a hotel or something. You know, there's insurance that will pick up the cost and all that but when you're in a disaster situation and you're not the only one impacted hotels, motels in your area fill up fast and we don't have a lot in our general area um, so that would mean we'd have to drive further to be somewhere and then we have all the animals to also manage So, you know, that's something to think about. With our fence chargers, you know, that's a critical piece to keep the animals in, and we have backups for those. So, most of the animals that have been trained to electric won't bother it, except for the pigs. pigs always test the electric. Um, And they get always zapped, and you think they learn, but they don't. They keep hoping that one day that fence will be off. But we had an electrical short in one of our shops, and it ended up frying... One of our fence chargers, our big one, that we had everything run off of. Luckily, we had a very small backup, but it was a backup, which we were able to plug right in, get going, until we could go get another bigger unit. And so once we replaced the bigger unit, we took that spare one and put it in reserve again. So, you know, some of those critical features you should really think about. And it doesn't necessarily have to go for farm line. I mean, think about, you know, finances or your job. Do you have an emergency plan if, let's say, you lose your job or your company goes under? Or, you know, we've got a lot of things going on in the media today and news about banks failing and market crashes. And, you know, is your job secure? What would happen if you lost your job? Do you have a fallback? Do you have an emergency, you know, fund? set up. A lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, but having uh, 60 to 90 days worth of cash available, whether that's in a bank or in your home, um, can really help you out if you're living paycheck to paycheck each time. Now, is that tapping into a retirement plan? Is that some sort of investment that you can liquidate quickly? Um, Sometimes there's places that you can't get money out I uh, read recently where some of the crypto exchanges were, quote, having technical maintenance during the some of the bank uh, closures or failings over the weekend. They stopped allowing you to trade or withdraw crypto. Well, if that's your only money that you have, what's going to happen? How are you going to get it out? Similarly with the banks. There's more and more people withdrawing money from the banks, so there's run on the banks. They don't have the money, and a lot of times they're questioning you wanting to take your money out. They want to know what it's for. They want to know why you're taking it out. And sometimes even saying you can't take your money out. Because if you take your money out, that's money that they are using to fund other debts that the bank have. It's the whole fiat currency, fake money kind of thing. And, you know, if you're in a situation that you need to have, let's say, $1,000 on hand for groceries or to check into a hotel or something, are you going to have it? What if the electronics are down? Do you have any cash available? You know, is your cash protected in your house versus theft and fire? Do you have it in a safe? Do you have money stored off So, you know, some of those kinds of things of having a backup plan ready if you should ever need it. Not that you need it. You hope that you never need it. But do you have a backup? Um, You know, some people go to the grocery store every week. I can't imagine that because that's just not what we do. We're lucky to go once a month, maybe. And usually that's just for one or two things. And, you know, when we do go buy. We buy in bulk and then we're not going out again for those things. So we have backups and reserves. Some of my people my wife works with uh, who are city dwellers who don't understand the whole being prepared and having backup plans, they joke with her about this and when COVID hit and everybody was panic buying and you didn't have toilet paper and there were runs at the grocery store and supply chains were not keeping up with demand a lot of people she worked with were freaking out did that change did they change their you know living habits after this nope went back back to it so you know they joke with her and like well how long could you go without ever having to leave the house and when she tells them indefinitely they, they're in disbelief but you know we have 200 plus Sheep on the property right now that that's a lot of meat. If we needed it, and it's not like we have to store it, if you run low on food, you go pick one, and that's who's going to be you know eating on for the next week or two. We have dairy goats, we can get our own dairy, not that you have to have dairy, but we also have freeze dried dairy, freeze dried butter, freeze dried uh, heavy cream. And some of that is, you know, I will say disaster emergency, but it's oh crap, we ran out of sour cream and we're making a dish and we don't have any. Well oh, we can go to the powdered goods and use that. Um, or you know, I need buttermilk for buttermilk biscuits, but we only use it once every two to three months. Well that's where the powdered buttermilk comes in handy so that you don't have to either A go get buttermilk for one recipe or you can, you know, keep it on hand for an indefinite amount of time. Do you have things like this? I know a lot of people spend tons of money on the meals ready to eat, MREs or freeze-dried meals and all this. But do you eat it? Could you eat it? Have you eaten it? Have you tried them before? Uh, Some of them taste like cardboard. Some of them are horrible. Uh, You know, sometimes the kids won't eat them. So, you know, Maybe have a rainy day kit of things that is your emergency reserve and rotate those out. A lot of these things I learned from podcasts that I listen to, which is the Survival Podcast by Jack Spearco. And oh, they're over, well over 3,200 episodes. He's been going on for like 14 years. They do four or so episodes a week, Monday through Friday sometimes more, sometimes less just depends on what he's doing but that will give you tons of ideas I'm just talking for the people who listen to me which is few and far between um, you know, how do you do this? is that something that you're supposed to go and you know, save for and buy everything at once? nope, you can do this a little bit at a time a little bit here, a little bit there so instead of buying a whole case of freeze dried milk maybe it's one quart can. Maybe it's, you you buy a number 10 can at a time. You don't need to buy a whole case and piece it in as you can. Copy canning, which is, if you're going to buy, let's say, chicken soup, and that's something you regularly keep on your shelf, and you usually keep two or three cans, why don't you buy three or four cans and keep those in the back, and then just rotate, and every time you go to the store, you increase how many you're going to buy even if you need them or not so that's how you slowly build up your reserves Um, you know we're in the case where if we're at a job loss we have that that money saved away we have a secondary home we could go live in Um, we keep a lot of documents critical information one in a safe one electronically off-site And then we have them in a third location at a family member's house in their safe. So things like birth certificate, marriage licenses, uh, insurance forms, uh, you know, wills and our trusts, those kinds of things, so that if we had a disaster and all of our paperwork was in our house, well, how are we gonna prove any of these things? Well, let's go get all new. Well, some of those documents that you have to get replacements for. Require other documents or require time or require you to prove who you are. And if you don't have the account numbers or the passwords or this or that, how are you going to find this information? So, having a backup to that kind of thing. So, you know, do you have a backup? If you are a one car family, do you have a backup for that? Do you have uh, someone you can borrow a car from? Is there a rental? You know, can you afford a rental? Do you have that cash laying around? There's lots and lots of things to, to think about for the whole two is one, one is none. And this is kind of a regular activity that we do on the farm. Is If we're driving somewhere for more than 15, 20 minutes, we kind of play different scenarios out. What happens if our septic goes out? Well, we can use composting toilets. Or possibly we could go rent a portage on until we can get it back up and going, you know. We have camping showers if we need to take a shower. We have outdoor grills that we can use for cooking. I mean there's lots of different things that you we we've thought about and how do we remedy the shortcoming. So you know having an extra pump is great. That if our water pump goes out, we're we're good to go. Now what happens if our power goes out for a longer period well we do have the generators to power the pumps but that is loud that is you know, consuming fuel uh, what would be ideal is what we're working on hopefully in the next year or two is building a cistern at the top of our property so the highest elevation and we will pump water from the, the spring which is at the lowest part of our property almost the lowest and uh, pump and fill that cistern up so we're hoping well i'm hoping to get a 10 to twenty thousand gallon cistern built so that if we are out of power we will be able to gravity feed all of the water troughs gravity feed our high tunnel and gravity feed to the house now it's not going to be high enough pressure to take a shower but you'll be able to flush toilets, you'll have running water in the house to wash hands and whatnot, and you won't need to be reliant on power. So that is our backup system, um, it would, which would be really nice for down the road. Um, you know... We have a backup for the clothes dryer. We can hang them on the clothesline, which we do regularly just because there's no point in using that much electricity if we can have the sun do it for us for free. Uh, now, if you live in an apartment and you don't have a clothes dryer, you don't have washing facilities, do you have a means to wash clothes? I've seen people use, it's a five gallon bucket and it's a special kind of plunger, not a toilet plunger, but you can use that in the worst case not use a brand new one, not one that you've been using in that toilet. And you, you put a little bit of your, your laundry soap in there and you go up and down with the put the handle through a hole in the, the top of the bucket, wash your clothes, rinse them in another bucket and dry them in your bathroom. You know, worst case scenario, that gets you some clean clothes for a little bit versus having to go to a laundry mat or if for some reason your washer and dryers are out. Have you, know, you thought about Heating and cooling, you know, do you need to cool if your power goes out? Um, we have, uh, I guess it wouldn't be if the power goes out, but, you know, if our air conditioner goes out, we have a whole house fan that pulls cool air from the lower levels and puts it up through the attic and cools the house. Because our house has trees around it, they're usually pretty cool underneath them during the summer months. I think we only use the air conditioner maybe two to three months a year. Maybe. The rest of the time, the windows are open or the whole house fan is on. So, you know, there's our cooling. Now, heating, we are on an outdoor wood boiler which circulates hot water through our furnace, which is forced air. So, if that goes out, we can go to our heat pump, which is not as efficient but that's our backup system we could go to portable propane heaters which we have uh, we can use the outdoor wood boiler if the power is out and use battery backup or generators to run the, the pump and the fan that's in there uh, we won't be able to run the whole, well, I guess we could but there's no point in running the whole house fan or a whole house HVAC system Uh, if the power's out but we could run a box fan and pull some of that heat out so we've thought about those different scenarios of what happens if this and a lot of times you won't know what kind of scenario you're going to face until you face it so uh, what happens if you know our our charger went out we luckily had a spare one but we had never thought about keeping an extra one on hand Uh, the spare one was when we first started getting into animals we bought one of the cheaper ones that we could afford since we were cash poor back then and you know it wasn't as powerful as we needed so as we started getting more fences up uh, more animals we got a bigger more powerful one and rather than get rid of the little one or sell it uh, or throw it away just put it in storage and it came in handy um for fuel, you know, if the power is out wherever you live, then the pumps at the gas stations probably aren't working either. What if you need to leave? What if you need to get to a family member's house? What if you need to go to another property? What if you need to evacuate and you don't have fuel in your vehicle? Well, do you have a couple of extra cans on hand? Uh, we try to keep six to ten five-gallon cans of fuel. And because we run dual fuels, that's both fuel, and uh, gasoline, and diesel. Uh, we have diesel tractor, diesel truck, uh, the generator, one of the generators is a diesel. Uh, we have electricity for cooking, but we also have backup propane. And not just one propane tank, I think we have eight or nine propane tanks. And we usually like to keep at least five of those full at any given time. So that's propane for the grill, that's propane for uh, turkey fryer where we use it to boil water if we need to. That's heaters, uh, that's one of our generators runs off of propane. So you know, having that extra propane tanks and fuel available gives us a better peace of mind that we're not reliant on the systems around us. And most people think, oh, we're too big to fail. We won't, you know, we'll never have a situation where you can't get gas or the gas isn't coming. Well, I can tell you, at least in our area, we've had multiple times where the fuel trucks are a day or two behind when the tanks go empty at the gas stations. We're not a a super big town or community, but the fact that I would see multiple posts about they're out of diesel, they're out of gas, they're at these different, um, gas stations around us, made us really start to be glad that we had these things, these backups in place and on hand, um, you know, we have, like I'm saying, we have backups for the the well, the sister, uh, food backups, uh, medication backups, um, uh, sometimes you can get a if it's a regular prescribed prescription you can get it prescribed for 30 days or ask your doctor to get you a backup prescription so that you always have a 30 day or more buffer and for some reason you can't get your normal prescription um, sometimes they'll do it sometimes it's your insurance company if you have insurance company um, but that's not a bad idea either where I've also seen shortages on the pharmacies where they're saying they're out of children's antibiotic. They're out of inhalers. Um, If you've got asthma, you know how critical having an asthma inhaler is. So, could you get some of these backups and, you know, rotate them out? So, if you have two 30-day packs of your your, um, antibiotics or your prescription, use one first, use the second one, next, and then refill as soon as that first one gets empty. So you're constantly having two on hand. Don't wait until you get all the way to you know, one or two pills to ask for a refill. You may not have it in stock, and sometimes these uh, medications are critical um, if you're on a a required medication. Let's see, what else can we talk about that Two is one, one is none. What about yourself? How much... Knowledge do you have that you're the only person in the house that knows how to start the generator, how to hook up the generator, how to, you know, where are the critical documents? Who is the one who keeps all of the med- medicines in your house and where are they located? You know, if you're the person with that knowledge and something happens to you, is it written down somewhere? Have you transferred your knowledge to somebody else? Um, you know, some of those kinds of think of is, can you rely on somebody else if you are the injured one or you are the one who can't speak or out of commission for one reason or another? So, we do our best to show we Wild Woman or teach her or talk to her through all of these scenarios of, if this happens, this is what you are to do. Are you comfortable? And we'll, we kind of review and quiz if we're going somewhere and we're in the car what do you do if a lamb is hypothermic? What's the treatment? What do you do if you see signs of white muscle disease in a new lamb? What do you do if an animal is down and you can't get it up? What do you, what are your how do you stabilize it until somebody can come help you? Um, you know, some of these kinds of things that, you know, if she can't get a sheep up or a goat or, you know, I know she couldn't get a cow. I couldn't get the cow up. Um, If an animal is on its side, roll it up, get a a hay bale or something else to prop it up so that at least it's sitting upright. Now, she can move 50-pound hay bales. She can move straw. She can find other implements that she can use. It doesn't have to be hay or straw to prop the animals up, but she knows that she needs to get them sitting up versus laying on their side. Um, You know, if an animal is having... Struggles or is weak, what do you do? Now, these are all things that usually you would think that the adults do, but we're trying to include her and instill these things on her that she can do them as well. Um, you know, do you have a spare tire in your vehicle? Because beyond the side road, you don't have a spare, you're stranded there, and you have to call somebody. You know, that's always a good thing. Or booster cables, or jumper cables, or a booster pack in your vehicle if you have a dead battery. Um, being stranded on the side of the road or in, you know, off in the, the countryside, and you have a dead battery, that's kind of a, a critical piece to have. Or a, a flat tire, can you change a tire? Do you know how to change a tire? Um, if you have a spare tire, what I find is amusing is a lot of these newer cars that are being sold don't have spare tires. They're not They're not sold with the vehicle, or a jack, or a jack stand, or any of this. Um, I think my daughter, when she bought her car, it was like a can of fix-a-flat in there. I mean, I guess that's better than nothing, but you should have a spare tire with your car when you buy it. And I think she got this new, or it was newer. So, you know, you think about your homestead, and... What kind of situations are you going to encounter, whether it's a heart, apartment, farm, wherever, and something were to fail, what's your plan B? What's your backup? You now, when you, let's say you plant seeds uh, for your garden each year, do you plant them all? Or do you keep some in reserve just in case those plants have issues, a uh, frost gets them or whatever? You know, always have a backup plan. We, when we buy seeds, we buy two packets of everything. One may get all used in one year, one may not, but we always save back something just in case we have a plant failure or a freak accident and blew a trampoline down and took out half of our our plants or whatever, which has happened. We've had a trampoline take out um, a couple of our plantings and then ended up being stuck in a tree for almost a year. So you know, when you think about your systems, two is one, one is none. If something is critical, do you have a backup in place for that? And what are your critical systems? You know, if you're in an apartment living, you know, did you know that you had you know, between 25 and 50 gallons of water in most cases in your apartment? And for some reason, you're you had no water coming out the tap. That's the back of the toilet. I mean, it kind of sounds gross that's coming out of the toilet water, but the water that comes into the back of your toilet is the exact same water in most cases. Some of you people are listening from other countries and that's not the case, but in most cases, at least here in the US, the water that goes into your back of your toilet is potable, which means it's drinkable water. Same way with your hot water tank. If for some reason you have a power failure, you still have water in that tank. And it's whatever size tank you have. So it could be a 30, could be a 20 gallon, could be a 50 gallon. But you have water in there as well. Um, we like to take and don't use milk jugs. Milk jugs fail. If we buy, like I was buying one gallon containers of lemon juice, or sometimes it's fruit juice, um, food grade containers fill those up when you have water, put them off in a, a closet or under a cabinet or store it somewhere and you never know when you're going to use it. Maybe make a, a regular you know, once a year, you empty those and you refill them so that it's not sitting in there for five years. Being that it's sealed, it should still be good. If it stays out of the light, you're not going to grow algae or anything. But you know what? Just change that water out. Or you can add a couple of drops of bleach to it to kill anything that's in there. Um... Bleach is something that a lot of people use to clean and sanitize uh, cook surfaces, cleaning areas and whatnot. Do you have bleach? Now, bleach is in a liquid form and what you're paying for is the liquid part of it, so most of that is water. You can buy pool tablets, fluorine tablets, and make your own bleach. And those pool tablets are in solid form, they're usually individualized packages, so They look like little hockey pucks, depending on what size you get, or you can get little tablets that are even smaller, the size of maybe a ping-pong ball. And you can store those in a sealed container, and for some reason you need bleach and you don't have any. Well, there's your DIY bleach. Um, You know, your computer files, do you have them backed up somewhere? Are they backed up on, let's say, a thumb drive? Because I found out unfortunately that not all computers have DVD or CD drives anymore. Everything is thumb drives are on the web or on the cloud. So we have some of ours on various places of different things. So, redundancy. And this wasn't driven into our mindset so much until we needed it. Until you have a catastrophe that you can't get apart. You can't get you know, fuel. You can't get this or that that you need. Um, you know, when we worked in... well, she still works in pharmaceuticals, but when we were in in the labs. You always had backups for everything, and one of that was backup for people. So, for my particular job, and hers when we met, we worked in the labs to make sure all of the equipment was calibrated and qualified and was ready for use and was accurate, and. Not all of the labs, because I was one lab, she was a different lab. We had eight of us us who all had different labs that we were responsible for. But my lab was one of the more unique ones because we had unique equipment. We had equipment that no other lab had, so we had no backup for that particular piece of equipment. And we didn't have a backup for me. So when I went out on uh, leave for a while... People didn't know where documents were. They didn't know how to work on this equipment. They didn't know who they needed to call for service on the equipment. So that started us having uh, backups to backups. So we all got cross-trained on each other's labs, and we spent time in each other's labs. We had binders for each lab that had all of the critical information, the critical parts, the critical people to call, the companies, our contract numbers for service. You know, all of that stuff was in the binders so that... Anytime, any one of us could go to the other labs, pick up one of these binders and, you know, pick up where the other person left off. If they had to leave or they something happened to them, we would be able to help fill that gap in. So we kind of brought some of that same mentality to the farm. And, you know, who knows where, you know, we have binders for recipes. We have binders for startup process and shutdown process of the, the wood boiler. Um, we'll go out regularly because I'm the only one who works on the wood boiler, but every time I'm out there make her co- make senior farm boss come out there, and now junior farm boss comes out as well as which valve goes to what, and we kind of quiz and go over it because unless you use some of these skills on a regular basis you really don't know. So, you know, are you the critical person and do you have information that you can pass on or that you're the only one who knows how to do something and is this something that needs to be written down can you guys share like a a shared drive or a shared resource for us we have a shared calendar for when different maintenance and different things goes on so that it's not just i'm the only one who knows when we change the filters or what needs to be changed on the filters someone else can see this as well it comes up as an alert and we wild one will come up and you know if i've seen the alarm go off for say we need to change the air filters or we need to change the water filters or whatever and if she's out in the barn or whatever she'll come and find one of us and say hey did you guys do this did you see the alarm as well because all three of our phones will give the alarm um, that it needs to be done so if she's that extra piece of hey did you guys do this If not, I'm here to remind you again. Or, you know, yeah, you may have snoozed the alarm, but hey, it's time we need to go do this. Um, One of them was when, before Betty, you know, Black Betty, the sap-sucking, street-walking heifer, before uh, we got her on a better program and she found a man, we had to put her in the Hornytown Heifer Hideaway Hotel um, so that she wouldn't go looking for a man so it would come up as an alarm every 21 days Betty needs to go to jail and you know when we were doing chores at night that's about when it would come up 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon Betty to jail that gives us all a heads up and so if we haven't put her up by then she'll put her up because the alarm came on so I'm all over the place completely random because I didn't have notes and she wasn't here to discuss things with so, you know, some of those kinds of things. Um, something that Spearco brought up in one of his podcasts, and I really like the idea, is if, you know, you have a, a family and everybody's driving and everybody's doing different things, and for some reason there's an emergency and you can't be at your house. Maybe that's a chemical spill. Think about what happened in Ohio. Uh, New Palestine, Ohio recently and has a big chemical um, spill from trains derailing and then burning it. If you're all not at home and you can't go home for one reason or another, where do you go? Do you know how to get there? Does everybody have a common meeting place that they should go? Because typically, if there's an emergency or a disaster, the flown lines are either inoperable or they're so jam-packed with everybody trying to coordinate and either get where they're going, find kids, get kids where they need to go, Letting people know that they're not picking up kids because, you know, this reason or that, can't get there, roads closed, flooding, etc. Do you all have a plan B place to go to beat up? And where would that be? Do you have it on a map? Is there a plan B, plan C, plan D? So that, let's say, you know, a tornado comes through your town and your plan B was to go to the pizza hut. If something were to happen to your house. Well what if Pizza Hut was gone too? Do you have another place to go? And if you can't call your family to coordinate, we're going to the Plan C location, well then how are you going to let everybody know to be able to meet back up? So, I mean, this is kind of like real doom and gloom and, oh, that'll never happen. It'll never happen until it does. So I'm sure that lots of people thought it'll never happen to me until it does. So, you know, talk with everybody have a map and maybe put old-fashioned maps in your vehicles you can get them usually at the rest stops um, in your area but find a map put it in your car map where your location is and so if you for some reason were driving home and you ran out of gas well maybe you leave that map in your vehicle With a direction of where you're going. So if your family member or the police came and saw what's going on, you have the map with an arrow direction where you're going, or something like that. Or all of your points of meetup are located on there, point B, point C, point D. And that you all know where to go for your rally points. Um, you know, we had this in the in the pharmaceutical world that you had rally points for your department. So there were always fire drills or chemical spills or this or that that you had bomb scares. What do you do? And in every department had a rally point somewhere outside the building. And that's where you would go for your department. And then somebody in your department would do a head count. And maybe you're at lunch or maybe whatever. But if you see everybody standing outside, you knew to go to your rally point. Similarly, if you're something happened at your home, where is your rally point outside of your home? Or if there's a fire, what's everybody going to do? Where are you going to meet up? Where are you going to go um, outside of your home? Make sure that everybody's accounted for. If one person thinks they're supposed to go to the backyard and everybody else thinks they're supposed to go to the front yard, well, somebody's not accounted for now. And are they still stuck inside? Is somebody going to go inside looking for this person because they went to the back instead of the front? And is that putting somebody else's life at jeopardy? So, you know, think about some of those things. Um, Do you know what blood type you are? Do you know what everybody else's blood types are? That would be helpful in a binder. I think I know what I am, and Brandy knows what she is. I don't know if we've ever tested Junior Farm Boss. Anyway, so, you know, that's kind of backups and, and scenarios that you have. But the whole point of two is one, one is none, is coming up with a backup plan for any of your critical infrastructure, critical people, um, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of things that are out there in place, and until you start thinking about it or until you need it, you, you don't ever put these things in perspective. So if you think about them ahead of time when you don't need them, it's much easier to access or set systems up in place. So, like, my phone has all of my contact information for everybody. It has, you know, I don't have passwords in there or anything, but it has a lot of my critical information in there. If I were to lose all of that, where's it all going to be? So we have backups for, you know, plate numbers, insurance numbers, and all this, but like, for my contacts, my phone is regularly backed up to the cloud, and that's because I've had situations where I've lost critical numbers for like daycares or you know family members that I don't call regularly. I don't remember phones anymore. How many people remember their their partner's phone numbers or home phone or anything if you don't call it regularly? You just pick their name and you push dial. You know, you used to have to remember at least 6 to 10 phone numbers at least I did growing up as a kid of what your friends' phone numbers were and you've dialed them enough that you 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 started to memorize them. Well, now that we got all these smartphones, nobody remembers phone numbers anymore. So, you know, poison control or what's your local sheriff's department number or the police department's number or you know, some of those kinds of things. Those are critical numbers to have. Um put that in your phone as well as a backup because let me tell you when you're looking for a poison control number other than 911, you don't have a number so anyway back to the whole critical pieces um you know i always like to keep an extra pack of ink cartridges for our printer at home because every time i seem to need to print a piece of critical information whether that's a coupon going somewhere whether that's you know i have to get my license renewed which i still haven't done going on like five months now expired license um But I needed to print off my um, two bills with my name on it. Well, go to go print them, and we're out of ink. So now we need to keep two, you know, one in the cartridge, one out. I can go and print some of these things at, you know, maybe the library or whatever. But that's still, if my account is online and I can get into there, and they have a printer that works, public printers are notorious for never working where they're supposed to. Um, Try to think of some other things because I'm getting ready to get off to get our spent grain. Um, you now, are there critical tools that you need to have for for something this or that? Um, when we had water lines installed at our tiny house, we did not have a shut off valve that was accessible from the surface. Um, we ended up having the person who installed it, which was Brandy's brother um, built us a tool to be able to turn the water off from outside the building so that we had no water going in. Uh, before, we had to have the city come in and turn the water off every time for us at the main, which, you know, that was, like, impossible because the town had, like, a total of 100 people. Nobody would return your calls, and so if you had a water leak, you're going for a while before anybody comes around to turn it off. We ran into that as well. So, you know, think about those things. Um, Chargers for your phone. I mean, it seems stupid to have multiple chargers, but if for some reason you lose your charger, it breaks, whatever, do you have a backup charger? Um, What else can there be that that is super critical that I'm I'm, I'm not thinking about? Now, we always keep cash in the vehicles because... uh, if you're going somewhere and power is out, one you're not getting diesel, but sometimes you might be able to, or fuel. Sometimes you might be able to. Um, and the what if the credit card machines are down, and that's your only way to buy fuel? Do you have cash? I mean, it might just be twenty bucks. Twenty bucks that'll get you, you know, enough to get home or get you to the next gas station, who the credit card machine is working. Um, Twenty bucks could be. I'm starving. I don't have. You know, didn't bring my cards or whatever. Twenty bucks will get you a, a meal, almost. With inflation. That's. You know, twenty dollars is barely going to get you a, a meal at a fast food place. Um, but some of those kinds of things. It's always good to have a little bit of cash in your vehicle. And we don't leave it out. We like to put it like, hide it. So. I don't want to tell you where we hide it, but give you some ideas of where to hide it. Maybe it is in your, in a CD case in your in your glove box. Maybe it is in a tampon tube in your glove box, and you roll it up and put it inside. Maybe it's in your glove box in the fingers of your gloves. I don't know. Wherever you want to put it, but make it so that it's not obvious, so people not wanting to break in there. Um, ooh, big old tree fell in the poor guy. Really nice car. Somebody's a uh, big tree fell on it. So I guess he's, he, I wish he's had uh, a plan B. Luckily they're right on the bus ring. Uh, what do you call it? Bus route? I, think, I guess if they needed to. Um, you know, I guess on our farm, you know, we buy square bales a lot of times for hay versus round bales because I'm the only one who can use the tractor and Neither one of the other two can, but they can both move square bales if they need to. So we always like to keep a couple square bales around um, and be in handy. So, you know, think about that. Think about food for your animals, your pets. Do you have a backup? Um, Is that dry food? Is that wet food? Is that meds? You know, do you have a little bit of a backup? Ours, they'll eat people food if we have to, but we always like to keep a freezer... One of our non-working freezers filled with dog and cat food because you never know when you're going to need it. Uh, We've been to the store multiple times and they were out of our particular brand of cat and dog food and our cats refused to eat it. So, you know, we had to get by. Our dogs sometimes will refuse to eat the food as well. And we had to give them eggs, which is a very stinky situation. I'm here at the the brewery or the distillery, so I'm going to get off. I am the Fat Man Farmer. Till next time, think about what your plan B and your two is one situation is going to be.